today is a day filled with perhaps more um, serious topics. Now this one, um, I'm gonna, you know, obviously I always ask to leave likes and shares, but um, this particular video, given the way it's gonna be titled and, and the subject, is will be suppressed everywhere. So if you can, please, if you use Twitter, share it out on Twitter. If you use Truth, Gab, Gatter, Facebook, uh, this is, this is a big story and it has these weird twists and turns in it that feel like, at least to me, a lot like what happened with, uh, Jeffrey, you know, that guy, it was like, we had James O'Keefe probably have the biggest bombshell in modern reporting. It was so big that mainstream media was even having a hard time <laughs> pretending they couldn't see it in exposing uh, internal employees, uh, perhaps uh, doing very bad things at uh, drug companies. And then like, what, a week later, he's just out, he's gone from his own company? As far as I understand, James O'Keefe is the one that started uh, PV. And there's no really rhyme or reason unless, and I've dug and dug and dug on Twitter and I've got a couple threads to share with you here that you know claim to have inside information and, and seem like maybe they do. Uh, it's so weird to me that this is just happening right out in front of us. It feels like, oh, I didn't complete my thought. It feels like with the Jeffrey thing, right? Like where a, a spooky ghost snuck in and disabled the camera and then he was gone and everyone was just like, this, this isn't right. Something clearly happened here. That's what it feels like. I don't know if I'm being incorrect in comparing the two, um, but you're going to want to grab your cup of coffee, cup of tea, or some hot cocoa as I go through this. Obviously, my company's coffee brand, coffee.com. I would absolutely love if you gave it a try, promo code the quartering to save. Just read out the read the reviews. And by the way, if you've bought from me, please do leave a product review with a picture. Now, forces inside uh, Veritas put James O'Keefe on paid administrative leave, and tomorrow they will vote to fire the organization's founder and CEO. This is like Papa John. James is. Veritas, removing him will destroy the company. This is from uh, Amuse. Uh, update, now a former senior executive from Veritas has contacted me and explained, quote, you're way off with this. Save yourself before anything comes out. When asked for additional information, he said, trust me, wait for it all to come out. Now, I don't, I don't really know, you know, so we're going to go through what is known. And if there's something about James that is not known at the time of this recording, obviously I'll update that later. But it just seems so weird. Like it's right out of left field. There were some reports of him being kind of a tyrant to work for. Okay, not a crime. Um, there's a, you know some issues with him and some C-level employees that he fired, including the CFO and then one other one. And now the board brought them back. Was he, you know, like the only thing I can think of like um, that might justify this is either a huge like Me Too thing, which I'm sure that would have been leaked by now, 
or maybe money, like taking money. These are like the only two things that I'm, I'm thinking. And obviously like Veritas isn't, doesn't exist without James. It just doesn't. So the effort is currently underway to oust the company's founder and frontman James O'Keefe reportedly the board of directors voted to put him on paid administrative leave ahead of Friday, February 10th board meeting where they plan to fire him for cause. If they do, Veritas will be dead. There's little doubt that the brash young executive may be in over his head running a $25 million nonprofit news organization, but the answer is not to oust him. The answer is to surround him with executives and directors who can help pursue the company's mission. Any director, executive, or employee who is unwilling to support James should simply resign. Ending the company is not the answer. Over the past decade, uh, O'Keefe has grown the nonprofit's revenue by more than 200%, exposed malfeasance at organizations from Acorn to Planned Parenthood to Pfizer. An important feat for a philosophy major from Rutgers. You can see their yearly revenue $22 million. Wow, man. You start seeing the money. It's like, dang, this is a lot. Like, you think you're doing okay, and then it's like, dang. Um, the, despite his impressive track record, forces within the company decided they would be better off without James at the helm. Instead of helping him develop his management and corporate governance skills, a small group of executives and directors rallied among disgruntled employees in an effort to remove him. Reportedly, the effort to oust James began in earnest four months ago when Barry Hinckley, he, him, he has his pronouns in his bio, so that's what everyone's kind of pointing out, was hired as chief strategy officer. Heir to the Hinckley Yacht family, Barry ran a failed Senate campaign from Rhode Island and was CEO of a failed tech startup that called itself the Airbnb of private house parties. Things came to a head when James reportedly fired Hinckley. In response, Hinckley wrote an email to all 65 employees claiming that he had stood up to a bully and lost his job as a result. Next, he convinced... 11, 16 other employees to sign a letter declaring, among other things, that he was a power drunk tyrant, which was sent to the company's board of directors in an effort to oust him. What's interesting to me is like, man, the lesson here is if you ever build something, never have a board of directors. Like, I can't imagine being ousted from your own company. It's such a weird thing. According to various employees, Barry Hinckley, Matthew Tremont, Tom O'Hara, Daniel Strack were all so-called ringleaders of this effort to remove O'Keefe from the company. Allegedly, they have claimed that he... Now, here's the thing. Okay. Claim that he misappropriated company funds, incurred outlandish expenses, and violated the company's various HR policies. The misappropriation of company funds is like... See, this is why I never read the articles before, so my reactions are real. Like that—that that would be the only thing I could see. You know, white collar stuff. Um, you know, where it. Well, let's say he was siphoning off millions of dollars to do something else. I mean, of course they're gonna oust him. You know, but I guess it's of his own money. I, I, it's so weird. The ringleaders organized an intervention where the board spent hours confronting O'Keefe, bringing in multiple employees to share their grievances with the board. Sounds like a struggle session. The overreaching, arching, sorry, argument made to the board 
was that Veritas will soon collapse entirely as donors and employees flee if he is not removed. Why? That seems crazy. People donate because of James. And of course, if James is removed, donors and employees will also flee. By the end of the meeting, the board voted to put James on paid administrative leave pending a board meeting on Friday, February 10th tomorrow. Public filings only show that Veritas has three directors. John K. Garvey, Colin Sharkey, Matthew Timrand, and presumably O'Keefe and others also on the board. In fact, according to source, there are many others on the board. What's interesting is, here's another tweet thread from, uh, I thought I had a tweet thread from Swig. Yeah, here. This he put out last night. Thread, the project of Veritas coup, a whistleblower has contacted me about the news that James O'Keefe will be put on leave and stripped of all authority at Project Veritas. This is difficult for me to publish as a staunch supporter of them for years and even a VIP at their events. But what's happening to James is unconscionable. An attempted hostile takeover of Project Veritas needs to be stood against by its supporters. This will not stand. James is a bit of a victim of poor corporate structure. As Veritas has two separate organizations of 5013Cs, nonprofit, which have very few board members and the majority of the money, and a 501c4, which had significantly more board members but less money. According to my source, the situation has allowed two alleged ringleaders to attempt to push James out to have significant sway over others despite their reasons may be essentially meritless. Board members and C-suite officers involved in this, according to my sources below, Matthew Timrin, the ringleader, John Garvey, George Skakel, Joseph Barton, and then Barry Hinckley, he, him. There's another, yeah. The board held a six and a half hour struggle, se- the struggle session with James where they subjected him to constant derision and insults at the instance of Timrin, O'Hara, and Hinckley. About 10 employees aired their grievances about James which essentially boiled down to him being a tough boss to work for. At the end of the six-hour struggle session, Timrand and fellow board members, Tierman, sorry, uh, John Garvey, put him on leave and stripped him of all authority. It was literally a Stalinist kangaroo court trial. The thing that is so very profound to me is that no one that no one seems to grasp. John Garvey at the rest of the board didn't, and the rest of the board did nothing to stop it. Matt Tierman had it all scripted. All six hours. This comes in the immediate aftermath of Veritas's greatest moment ever, exposing corruption at Pfizer, which my source thought was extremely suspicious timing. You boot the founder right after your biggest win of all time. They must explain the situation. My source believes that with enough public support, James could win back support of the 501c4 board. So please retweet and voice your support in a positive way. Look, I don't know, you know, and he finishes with, if James O'Keefe leaves, I'll no longer support Project Veritas and will support whichever venture he starts instead. So unless there's some, there's something we don't know. I mean, this timing is so weird. It's setting off all sorts of like uh, um, alarm bells, isn't it? If there is some sort of big financial crime, let's say he took, let's just say hypothetically, he siphoned off like $6 million into his own personal offshore bank account, something like that, right? Okay, fine. 
you, there's really not much arguing against that. If it's going to be like, well, we didn't like how you spent money, but we're, they're just kind of ginning it up to uh, make it like a bigger deal than it really is so that they can push them out. That's how these kind of corporate takeovers work. I mean, look at that whole thing with Papa John. They mysteriously had him saying the N-word on tape, and it was in the context he was not calling anyone that. He certainly employed thousands of black people across this country. He had no problem with black people from what I saw um, or what was publicly out there. But, it, you know, it's like once the board wants you out, these people are powerful. They have tons of money, and uh, it, it's interesting. You know, it's very, very interesting. Um, a lot of people are un, uh, are unfollowing Veritas and support. I mean, I'm going to have to wait to see. I mean, this is so disheartening at a time when uh, stupid content creator drama is going on. And now, again, on the, on the heels of per perhaps their biggest expose ever, the company seems to be imploding. I definitely, uh, you know, wanted to respond to some of the things that that uh, Tim claimed about me yesterday, in particular, calling me the Young Turks, but or the Young Turks of the right. But it doesn't matter. I need to get back to the actual issue that matters, and that is, uh, you know, this particular individual using Twitter, locking people out. People still remain locked out. There are dozens of creators that are either banned or still locked out. Uh, of their accounts, and we need to continue to apply pressure. Now, part two of Timcast News reporter Shane Cashman's report came out yesterday, and after about 35 attempts at getting through it, um, you know, I, I found the last couple of paragraphs were particularly interesting. They seem to address me specifically, Brittany, and other YouTubers, and um, deriding them, calling them. Uh, names, calling them irrelevant, calling them like cancerous. And uh, I thought, wow, what, you know, what a, what a great turn here. What an interesting turn, how the, how the table turns turntables or whatever. <laughs> like, so I'm just going to respond to the article, and in particular the pieces where um, he insults several other creators. The idea that uh, Tim has not read this is absurd. Of course he read this. Um, there, and I will prove it to you. There are pieces of information that only Tim Pool knew about me that are in this article. So Tim absolutely contributed to this article. Um, but it's not about Tim. Okay. It's about, yes, I'm going to clickbait his name because now I know it bothers him, but it's also about his writer. So, um, I, you know, I think, um, you have this situation where the, I've been told that he is a quote, gonzo journalist. Apparently that means you bore everyone to death with endless exposition in your articles where a news story is like a book, like 80,000 words is a book. But he calls creators, there are many paragraphs here. He wrote, at this rate, I was getting personally attacked online for injecting myself into a story. I started to think that even if Eliza was a total liar, if she somehow schemed up this wild and elaborate lie that would have taken years to plan it didn't warrant the level of attack on her nor anyone in her surroundings what he's saying here what he's admitting here is that people were mean to him on the internet and therefore he no longer cared about the truth 
That's what he's saying. People were mean to him online, so he no longer cared. And he doubles and triples down on that. So if you don't believe me yet, I will continue. This is when I started to realize that a lot of people making the most noise about her story were truly the useful idiots. They became tools of destruction rooted in absolute ignorance and disguised as moral authority. So again, he's talking about the YouTubers and, and the people on Twitter, I, sus I suppose, who are covering this. He continues, there was that sense of doom again. He really wants you to know how, how he's struggling to write this while he stayed in her house. You know, if anybody's seen the videos about what it's like to hang out with her, you know, there's one that leaked out yesterday, probably had a little bit of fun. But this, I'm sorry, staying with her parents, not her, to be fair. And also, I'm not saying they hooked up. I'm just, you know, I'm not. Um, he's married, I'm sure, happily. Anyway, there was a sense of doom again, the sense of modern war, which is always grand and sweeping, as, and not always as grand and sweeping as Hollywood. It starts as a sea planet, blah, 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 don't care. The, this very criticism could be levied at me, too. I have been under relentless and ruthless attack on Twitter. Oh, he's more about woe is me for merely reporting on the story. But I'm showing you all my flaws, all my concerns. I'm human. I'm naturally switched between objectivity and subjectivity, a toggle between reason and doom, hope and despair. So what he's saying is I'm no longer unbiased because people were mean to me online. So again, he doubled down on saying like, well, I no longer really care about the truth, right? Here we go too. Now here's where, again, he gets particularly personal um, about the YouTubers covering this, the people involved in it, the people commenting on it. He calls them leeches and all sorts of things like that. We have encountered a gang of leeches here to suck at the skin of the machine that they can't fully comprehend the full scope of because they are so lost in their own narcissism. Or perhaps even worse, they are conscious of a symbiosis, symbiosis, between them and the destruction orgy. Carrying torches and pitchforks and masquerading through the internet are perpetual trauma machine. Oh, he said the name, he said the name. These people, he's talking about, well, me and anybody else covering it or anybody else involved, are digital cannibals. They care more about their names getting lumped into stories the same way tumors grow. They worship fame. Now, I will point out, I can only speak, he's clearly, you know, not talking about me specifically here, but anybody covering it. Shane Cashman has never spoken to me. He did not respond to a, a very normal DM I sent him a week ago. We've never spoken on the phone. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know a thing about me. Um, I'm sure he also does not know a thing about the people he's calling tumors, leeches, cannibals, useful idiots. Um... Uh, dumb, blinded by narcissism. These are the things that he has said about you, the viewer, if you can care about this, me, a creator, and everyone else who's covering this. And now the mask fully drops. I realized at this point it wasn't even worth it to seek quotes from these people because they merely exist in the distant margins of the entire story. But in their narcissism, 
they see themselves at the center of the story. Again, he's never spoken to anybody. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know you. He doesn't know any of the other creators who are covering this. These content creators, now he's talking about me specifically and other YouTubers, who live stream for hours and hours every day about her, had already said everything they had to say. They will probably read this and continue to speak out of both sides of their mouth. And here we go. Saying they don't want a war. That's a direct quote from me. The only way he could have known this is if Tim Pool showed him my direct messages, my private messages. The only way he could have known this at the time he wrote this was if Tim told him. So Tim absolutely had a hand in this writing. Ha absolutely. Okay. So for a guy that doesn't care about having this person on twice, who's totally irrelevant, even though they were on your show twice, irrelevant enough to be on your show twice, you know, videos of her partying with your crew. Um, you, you send out a journalist on to on site, pay thousands of dollars in travel and all this stuff, 80,000 words. Um, none of it, all of this to say that she's irrelevant, right? Uh, on top of that, you know, I find it, pr I find it pretty, I find it pretty curious that he had room to write 80,000 words about this and couldn't spare a few words for quotes from people who are affected by her censorship. At no point does she, does he mention anybody who's currently locked out of Twitter because of her narcissistic behavior, her false flagging. He's it on it. He's he's not biased, unbiased at all. Maybe he never was. Maybe it was maybe that's not what he claims to be. Maybe that's not who he is. Maybe he just writes opinion pieces, and that you know, that could be what this is. Clearly, it's an opinion piece. He's talking about me uh right here when he says saying they don't want war, but also insidiously antagonizing the audience to believe that they have a firm handle on the whole situation. And here's where he said, and this is no shade at their audience. Yeah, guys, don't get mad. Shane, Shane you're just too stupid. You're just too stupid to know any better. <laughs> Idiots, bots. Shane Cashman's got it all figured out, though, after spending a day with this woman. And after not speaking to anybody. Well, I guess Tim Pooley talked to. But the most likely, I'm sorry, but the audience most likely has real jobs and doesn't have time to spend sitting in front of a computer digging into the story as much as we all have in various ways. So yeah, yeah, guys, you're just too stupid. We all have been right and wrong throughout the year, certainly. But these content creators, as of this exact moment, have tripped all over their lynch mob brain as they perform pseudo-intellectual pole dances on their webcams. And now, as I started to look deeper into the entire smear campaign, which seemed to initially be rooted in genuine concerns, it made me sense that these people were screaming to be heard. Everyone's just doing it for clout. He's literally just doing the 75,000 word version of it's a PR firm. I, I, you know, I take, you know, look, he's entitled to his opinion. He may, you know, believe everything. I believe that there are certainly things that probably happened to Eliza that are not good and not okay. Um, but 
I'm not exactly sure why he took nine paragraphs to uh, dunk on creators, call us stupid and cancerous, call our viewers stupid, too dumb to understand. Uh, you know, I, I, for my part, like, I don't want you to, I, I don't want you to interact with Shane Cashman ever. I don't want you to go and give him a piece of your mind because that will only prove his weird, warped perception of me. I don't, I didn't need to cover this story to quote unquote, build my YouTube channel. I already have nearly 1.5 million followers. None of them were probably brought in. Hardly any of them were brought in by covering this. In fact, I lost subscribers over covering this. So this idea that, uh, I'm only in it for clout or whatever, what clout it ended up leading to a very messy divorce from Tim. Um, it ended up having our fans feel like they had to choose side. Our viewers, I'm sorry, feel like they had to choose sides. For my part, I'm not sure what you think I got out of this. Sure, I had some epic live streams about it. I did financially benefit from it, but I could have live streamed about anything. My live streams about this topic weren't exactly like massive. It's not like I had 30,000 people watching me. I made about the same normal audience, maybe a little bit more. That was also fueled by, you know, people wanting dirt on Tim versus the quartering and all that kind of stuff. So I think that, you know, I don't think there's really any point if there is a part three, uh, which I don't know. He doesn't seem to indicate. Uh, you can see the flushing sound is you hear Shane Cashman's credibility going down the crapper. Look, for 80,000 words, he never even bothered. He never even bothered. You know, um, he never bothered to even ask anybody who is sure. Maybe he didn't want to, you know, talk to me. But I mean, he could have looked at my Twitter files thread, which had irrefutable evidence of her timeline. Right. Uh, he, he was fine to go and talk to her and her parents who probably are so snowed by her stories, too. And they just want to support their daughter. You know, I'm not going to dunk on, I'm not going to have a problem with a parent believing their kid. Um, he alleges that she told him a name, but then that he didn't share it. And, and just that he figured, he found out that she lived, he lived in that area at that time. So I could name people that lived by me too. That doesn't mean they trafficked me. This whole thing was an absolute joke. Um, and Tim Cass news credibility I don't know. I was told the Shane Cashman guy was an animal and he was going to get to the bottom of it. But after all this, he's just really simping for her. It's pretty, pretty sad. Dang it, Tim. I, I just released like a banger video going through your writer's uh, piece. And I was all fired up and mean in it. And then I see, uh, you know, flooded comments of people coming in and saying, hey, Tim apologized. Um, and uh, I did watch it. Uh, I, th I felt like it was sincere. I feel like, um, you know, even though, you know, I think the uh, veneer of the, 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 our viewers thinking we're best friends or we're good buddies is, is gone. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't still coexist. And, um, and lock arms and fight against 
uh, you know, what we believe in. I think our channels are extremely complimentary. Um, you may have a certain opinion of my content and that's okay. It doesn't bother me. You're not my target. And, uh, you know, I'm probably not the target for, for yours. However, we have a huge crossover that, you know, put uh, our fans in the crossfire and it was never really about us. Um, you know, of course, everything I said positive about you, I still, I still mean, um, you know, the empire that you're building, I'm extraordinarily inspired by it. Um, we may have different approaches. Certainly I'm more, uh, uh, of a wild card, less professional, uh, but that's just who I am. I think you know that. And my viewers know that. Um, but you know, he brings up some important things like we're losing, you know, James O'Keefe. I, I guess this is barring, you know, anything, um, weird coming out. Like, so something, you know, there's some weird, huge scandal with James. I, you know, obviously that, that could, that could change things, but you know, losing that in, in the wake of probably their biggest expose ever, most important one ever, um, sucks. Um, you know, Crowder feuding with the Daily Wire sucks. Uh, I saw it in my own comments, right? Like the, my viewers are saying, you know, hey, um, you know, what's going on here? Um, why are you backing Crowder? Why are you backing Daily? Why are you smashing Daily Wire? You know, all this kind of stuff. And like, I think they're right. And I don't think that, I think that it's just, you know, we just got to be adults. I, I certainly reacted very emotionally and, you know, I still, I still like the, the, the beard meme. I still think it's funny and that's okay though. Like, uh, I think at a time when, uh, I don't know if it's just that it's a slow news cycle or what the situation is, but he also brought up that, you know, there were two Republican lawmakers that are no longer with us anymore in like the last week. What's going on there? Um, 2023, I think, is going to be a really rough year. Uh, it's going to be a year that uh, is that we'll need each other. Even if Tim and I, you know, even are just perceived as colleagues, I think that that's far better um, than, uh, than, you know, like even reluctant allies. There's really no point in digging on Tim anymore. I'm not going to cover uh, whatever future Shane Cashman pieces come out. I, I feel like I've said my bit there, right? Um, you know, Tim, I think, was very angry. I never took it all that serious, um, but I'm not a very serious guy. And, uh, you know... For my part, I guess also, Tim, I am sorry. Uh, Tim's viewers that felt loyal and felt slighted by the feud, I'm sorry. And uh, to my viewers, you know, I, I love you and I'm really glad that you're here. But I think it's about getting back to work. I think everything's been said, right? Everything about this has been said. I think the core issue is that we have somebody who, who, who at minimum 
looks like uh, falsely strike, struck down videos. We made all the noise we could there. Twitter knows about it. You know, I don't know what else we can do. You know, going forward, you know, even to wrap up, this will be, you know, unless something major happens, I guess. I reserve the right to go back on making uh, an Eliza video. But, you know, I think I'm done talking about her now, too. I feel like my point's been made, right? The timeline's out there. There are more questions than answers in terms of, um, you know, who she is, what she's done, what her actual history looks like. Um, and, but I'll even say this. I have no idea what doing good work, what work, good work she's doing. But if anything comes out of this, I hope that she does do some good work and help people that need it. I've not seen any real examples, but maybe all that kind of stuff happens in the shadows. I don't know. And quite frankly, I don't care anymore. Um, I think that everyone knows who she is now. Um, you know, a lot of people caught a lot of strays. Um, and I just don't, you know, like Tim and I don't have to be friends, but we should be colleagues and we should be, uh, you know, we should work hard to kind of fight against, um, all of this. And, you know, for example, um, you know, Brittany Venti, all this stuff, um, you know, uh, she needs to be unlocked. I think at this point she's made her point too. I don't think anyone could hold it against her now just to delete the stupid photo. I think we've, you know, I, I, I feel like I really admire her convictions here, but you know, if you have your account locked at this point, I think we've made our point. I think we've learned a lot of important things from this, including in a lot of ways, Twitter has improved, but in a lot of ways, Twitter is the same as it always was. We've learned that Elegy Irwin, this is, this is why, um, you know, yes, there is an aspect of the drama of it, right? Certainly. Um, however, there is actual learnings, right? We learned how the system inside of Twitter can be manipulated by bad actors and how effective it can be. We further learned that YouTube also still has these systems that are being used and abused. And hopefully we can bring that to team YouTube or we can bring that to Twitter. What's a real way we can fix these strikes or these things, you know, the stuff on Twitter is we can demand that Twitter asks more questions before they take photos down, right? You should have to be able to prove that it is non, you know, a non-consensual thing. You shouldn't just have that a level of power over someone's account. Um, also, you have, um, you know, we, we learned that uh, maybe sometimes some of the people that we look up to doesn't, don't think the same way we do. You know, I, I definitely don't, you know, the whole, the whole PR stuff, all that that's wild. But like, look at, look at what actually came out of it, right? We learned a lot about Elegy Irwin. We learned a lot. You know, I bet you going forward, Tim's going to do better background checks on his viewers, right? I think that that would be a good thing. Um, I think going forward, you know, I will 
Um, not tr I will try to be better at be not being so emotional. Uh, I am an emotional guy. Um, it what makes me good also makes me bad. Um, you know, and I think you know, ultimately, I I'm not. I'm not saying that you should never call somebody out because I stand by saying, well, geez, Tim probably should have said something. But where I think I, you know, I certainly overreacted and I was wrong in really getting personal, um, the personal digs, um, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, again, for my, my part in it, I do apologize to Tim um, and certainly anybody on his team that caught strays. I see Ian's getting some some strays today. Uh, you know, Cassandra. You know, I know there's some some stuff going on there between her and other content creators. But in terms of her interactions with me, she's been fine. Um, I think it is better to kind of just move forward. There, there's no value in having like Tim Pool versus the quartering. It doesn't matter. Um, it really doesn't. And uh, there's just so much more important things, you know, like what new woke cartoon Disney's putting. I mean, it's just, I'm just, that's what I cover, right? I cover culture. He covers news. We're a good yin and yang, even if we're not perfect. And, uh, you know, for, for my part in all of this, again, I apologize. And um, I'm going to just shut up about it now. You can, uh, you know, the people that left can come back and, and feel safe. Hopefully you will understand that this is from, from my heart. Um, I didn't even try to sell you coffee. I mean, that's, that's kind of a big deal. I don't have a special promo code set up. Although I could, you could use besties. To, nope, 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 no. I love you all. Um, it's because of your support that I have immense, immense opportunities that shouldn't be wasted on overextending drama. I think I stand by reporting on the false censorship and the strikes. That's where it should have ended, and I should have stayed on that. Um, and you know, I'm and I have regrets about that. I'm sure Tim has regrets about the way, certain way he handles some things. Um, but uh, I'm I just if anything else, it just makes me remember just how damn thankful I am for all of you, like top to bottom. I'm thankful for you. I hope to. See you on tonight's community notes, which will be live at 510, about probably less than an hour after this video comes out. But remember, it's over on the community notes channel. Um, we've got lots to talk about. James O'Keefe, we've got to talk about these politicians. We've got to talk about chat, dark chat, GBT, so much more. So let's move forward together. And, um, you know, Tim, you know, as far as I'm concerned with Tim, you know, the guy doesn't have to unblock me. He doesn't have to engage with me. You know, I'm considering the hatchet buried 100% here. I've said my piece. He said his piece. We're both grown men that sit in office chairs and complain about stuff on the internet. So maybe we should just get back to doing that. I've been uh, eagerly anticipating being able to play that wizard game. And... I thought that I would take a look at some of the video game journalist response to all this because they're basically encouraging uh, quote-unquote 
allies to harass people, harass streamers. Um, you know, the other thing that they're doing, I'll tell you about the other thing they're doing now too. But uh, this article here by Allie Jones, Hogwarts Legacy topples Cyberpunk 2077 to smash Twitch record despite controversy. This was a classic non-troversy. Wasn't enough to uh, move the needle. Uh, I, I I suspect that, you know, it's funny how even people like Hassan are like having a melty about not being able to stream the game because he's getting too many mean comments from trans allies or whatever. Um, it's been amazing to watch because there's even been this thing now where uh, trans people are saying, hey, stop, you're, you, you're like making us look bad. And, I, and, and like, that's exactly what I mean when I, sit, when I talk about br the brand, right? The, the marketing, the brand, the people who you allow represent you to, you know, if they are, you know, acting badly, that reflects on you. So yeah, the record set by Cyberpunk has been broken. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. Um, I guess there's some PC issues with it, <clears throat> which kind of stinks because uh, I have it for PC. But um, knowing me, I actually won't get a chance to play it for another month. So it'll probably have a few patches by then. Let's talk about bullying people for playing Hogwarts Legacy. And this is from thegamer.com, okay? This is from, from a woman who has probably written a million articles about, uh, uh, you know, how being mean is bad. And I just, it'll be interesting to see if they decide mm, this is a good thing. The big news, and look at the subtitle. The big news around, around Hogwarts Legacy is one cisgender streamer getting upset, which reveals the layers of bias around reporting on this game. Are you joking? Your outlet, um, uh, Kotaku, every woke games journalist outlet has been kicking and screaming for a month now for many months, for more than a year about this, about uh, like how this is the worst game ever and it's gonna, you know, it's gonna cost people's lives and all this kind of stuff. The big news in the wake of the Hogwarts Legacy launch is the cisgender girl who cried about it. Nothing should surprise me with the Harry Potter game, but I will admit this is a bold new direction. Trans people and their allies are now bullies for explaining why they don't support the game Victim cosplays back in fashion. Are you kidding me? If we were just to reverse the roles here, if trans people were having hundreds of people flood their chats and be spreading political ideologies and harassing them and make sure they're not having fun play the game, you know, having fun play the game or letting their chat have fun, you would be writing a million articles about how trans people are under attack. And then it's and then you'd be like, and it's literally ruining their lives, and Twitch must do something about it. Streamers, the sentiment has been growing for a while. Streamers and players who consider themselves good people up front, that after supporting Hogwarts Legacy, not everyone agrees with them. No, you mean like bots and harassers? The lack of upset, I'm sorry, the lack of agreement upsets them. And so, if you are behind this sinister campaign, you must be a dirty, rotten bully. I know the creator of the world uses her income and platform to help legislate lives out of existence, but also some people really liked her books 10 years ago, and that's what it comes down to. The creator of this world, sorry, Harry Potter. 
came to a head when Girlfriend Reviews, which touts her itself as a wholesome place that, much like a certain mainstream gaming outlet, only considers whether a game is fun to play or not. Uh, that's all that matters? That's literally all that matters? That's it? A short clip of the game paused with a boyfriend and girlfriend complain about the comments leading the girlfriend leaving uh, has become a figurehead for how trans people have morphed overnight from one from the world's victim to the world's bully. Well, they their allies are. I don't, I don't know if there's I don't know if you can say for sure, um, you know, if the people in chat are trans, but you can also say, you know, somebody launched a website to build a list of streamers who played the game, you know, perceivably to threaten them at minimum to not play it or end up on their list. And more sinisterly, perhaps to go after their sponsors or target them with other t forms of attacks and things of that nature. Now, I don't know if the person that built it was trans, but again, doesn't matter. Was this person bullied? Did they actually even cry? Neither of these things have any real proof behind them. Wow, victim blaming. And yet, this is one of the main news stories from the launch. It really isn't. This girlfriend suggested her boyfriend that to take a break, then leaves. The clips doing the round does not show her crying. So now they're saying, well, she's not crying. There is also no chat in the clip being circulated, meaning we don't know if the team is upset by people asking reasonable questions about their decision to support the game or if they do not want to answer or whether they're more extreme messages lined with threats and insults. Having gone back and read the chat on their Twitch channel, it seems to be the former. The vast majority of the chat are springing to their defense, even if you account for deleted comments. The chat is clearly responding to the fairly mild criticism rather than vulgar bad behavior. So me, the games journalist, you know, who probably wrote a bunch of articles about Goobergate is now saying that really imagine if back then, if, if, if this, I wonder if this author would have written like when Zoe Quinn or Anna, Anita Sarkeesian came out and were like, I'm getting bullied online. If they would have said, yeah, but exactly how many bully comments and can I go through them and see, and then judge for myself whether or not they're offensive that never would have happened. This is like the dumbest article. Uh, oh my God. I just, I just got to check. Stacy Henley. Hmm. You're the editor in chief. Wow. Wow. Pronouns in the bio, perhaps. Seems like almost certainly. Oh, wait. Uh, at five Tracy. Uh, just no E, right? Oh, I'm blocked by them? No. F5 Tracy. I want a quick check. No? I guess, I don't know if I'm, if I'm blocked by them or what the situation is. Oh, 5 Tacey. T-A-C-E-Y. Okay. There you go. That's you. You have 25 followers. You're the editor in chief. You're the editor in chief and nobody cares about you online. Interesting. Okay. Ultimately, they were accused of supporting bigotry by supporting JK Rowling, but then that doesn't even explain the reasons against supporting the game is bullying. What does it even matter? The clip also included a defense from the streamers 
of Roman Polanski and Michael Jackson. What? And complains that they have a target on their back for being allies should also have credit in the bank. They also call trans uh, uh, trans people the alt-left. <laughs> when this feels like a mask-off moment to me, but hey, they're allies, right? Well, certainly most quote-unquote allies are just also, uh, they're just some of the worst people on the planet. You know, that's just, I mean, I think we agree on that. Um, you know, if you refer to yourself as like, it's like saying, I help people. Hey, did you know that I help people? By what? Retweeting stuff? We know another famous activist, too. The end point of the shallowless be kind movement, a shallowness of be kind on the face of be kind is good advice. I mean, are you serious? This person's just basically excusing the bullying. Are there trans people talking extremes about this game? Absolutely. But for every example you can hit back with exactly that happening, we can respond tenfold with what happens to us. Okay, so they're trans too. So this is a complete justification for the hate mobs. This is this is actually insane. Like, I, I just, ah, I can't wait to play this game. I literally can't wait. You see Hogwarts Legacy, thank you. Hogwarts Legacy is officially the number one single player game ever on Twitch with 1.28 million peak concurrent viewers at launch. I'm sure it was pretty, pretty massive on YouTube too. Multiplayer dueling would probably be insane. Like people are really liking this game. I might have to wait for a patch or two if it's not working good on computer, but I hope you're enjoying Hogwarts Legacy if you're a, if you're a, a Potter, Harry Potter fan. And I know I'm definitely going to be checking it out. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you subscribe down below and uh, come on over to Community Notes channel, link in the description. We're discussing some other stuff.